0: Welcome to 5.0, Fivefold and Beyond with Matt and Amy. In the 5.0 podcast, we're going to peel back the layers of the Ephesians 4 model, revealing a thriving church, ministry, or organization. This will help leaders to identify, work together, and implement or raise up the believers who want to move in their calling.
1: We also offer seminars, conferences and strategic advising to pastors and leaders. We'll sit down with you and help you to learn how to have a fivefold influenced church or organization. I'm um, also how to identify and integrate people with fivefold giftings into your teams and into your organization. So connect with us at ihimtv.com that's ihimtv.com
0: so get ready to engage as these podcasts will open an understanding remove confusion of the fivefold and open your eyes and heart to what you and those around you carry okay so in this podcast today welcome and um, we want to answer a question
1: the question is how can the fivefold offices or ministries layer together effectively you know we've seen a lot of models that have you know the the prophets out kind of a one man show doing his thing or the evangelist is is uh, going where he needs to go here and there and you know he'll be in a place a little while and kind of you know not really connected to anything and or anyone and you know, we've seen this with apostles as well, even you know, pastors who've been very alone and not connecting with the other fivefold. So, how how does that work? How how can they come together?
0: All right. So we're gonna call this then work it out. Work it out. Not a workout, though it could be. Work it out. <laughs> could, okay, listeners. Could be harder um, than a workout. Hey, today I wanna give a heads up and a hi to all our Australian listeners. Uh, We know we can go in our analytics and we can see who's listening around the world. So today we just want to say, Lord, bless you to all you Aussies down there and um, Lord bless you today. So work it out. That's what we're going to talk about. So what we're talking about really is a fivefold integration of how to work in a local church, region, territory, um, or a particular mission or a mandate. And uh, you don't see it too often, but when it happens, um, It is powerful things. Just remember these truths that we're talking about are no new truths. They are being reignited, um, but these truths have been happening. And really, we shouldn't try to duplicate the book of Acts. We should be building from the book of Acts. That should be foundation. That was over 2000 years ago, guys. Now, the kingdom should be mature more than that. But there are areas that are weak and that are lost. And one of these things are really fivefold. Forget about the integration or the identification of, hey, what? Am I a fivefold minister or am I a fivefold uh, gift? Do I have that stuff? How about fivefold working together? That's pastor, teacher, evangelist, prophet, and apostle in a particular region or a particular local church, or you know what I what I just mentioned there. So you see a lot of things like um, and, and I thank the Lord for all these, but you're gonna start seeing more, I think, fivefold conferences where you have all the fivefold there, even in speaking. And in together, you know, collaborating and um, fellowshipping together, it's wonderful to have these, you know, prophetic conferences and they're all prophetic people and they're prophets, teachers that are there, you know, prophets and, or an apostolic thing. And they're all apostles or emerging apostles or whatever. And those are great and have its place. So why not step into, let's have some fivefold fold thick, con- what do you call it? Convenings, uh, conventions, conventions coming together. And so anyway, we're going to see this from I, I scripture really.
1: And you know, if, if that's something you desire, you know, we're open too. we, we would love to come in and do something like that mm-hmm. um, because well, we really want to, to see them working together. And we know, we recognize that that is going to look different. Depending uh, on, you know, your circumstances, your location, there are so many different ways this can be done, but we're going to give you one example to kind of spark you today so that you can, you can see how that is. And this example is from the Bible. So I I think it's a valid example. So
0: Matt and Amy didn't come up with this. Um, (laughs) We um,
1: could come up with some stuff, but we're going to, we're going to go to the word and and give you better stuff than what we could come up with.
0: You guys know, we like (laughs) giving you the word and base our um, conversations um, off the word of God. And so I'm going to go to, I'm going to read you a portion of scripture just bear with me while you're listening. Um, And if you're in a place to be able to bring it up on your app or open a Bible then go ahead, but it's Acts 11 and I'm going to read verse 19 to 30. And we're going to find out here um, just before I get into it, it's talking about the church at Antioch, Antioch. We're going to talk about that since Syria, no one is a region of Syria. We're going to talk about that, but what's been going on between uh, in our Bibles between Acts 9, 10, up to about 13, 14. In those chapters there, there's a lot going on. We have uh, Peter. Um, he's had his vision. He was ministering to the Gentiles. Um, the word of God is starting to get out from just the Jews only into a Gentile as well. Um,
1: which is a huge shift in the church oh at the Lord. time. I mean we we think now oh that's that's nothing because we've been uh centuries of combining and it doesn't matter you know where you're from, your race, your creed uh you know we we can come together as a, as a body of Christ bringing those different cultures together. Um but at the time this was unheard of.
0: Oh big thing. There was and a so big disruption, it was right? Cuz yeah. they were just used to the message being to the Jews and because really Jesus's ministry was to that was to the Jews to, to build the team and to start from there. But he did say, go into all the world, you know? So yes. so we find this begin to happen and there's a persecution going on um, around the Jerusalem area. Uh, Herod ends up dying. Uh, Peter gets arrested. Um, Stephen is stoned. Stephen is stoned. So persecution comes into the church. So a the famine church will be scattered. coming up shortly, soon. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of shifting going on uh, politically as well geographically. Um, there's a ripple effect that's beginning to converge. But spiritually something was beginning to explode so from the persecution the believers and that's what they were you know of the way they were the believers they were uh, dispersing out of jerusalem um the 12 the the 11 apostles at that time or 12 i think they yeah they already got the 12th one we don't hear much about them anymore but they were convening basically a lot around jerusalem area and were sticking there while the rest were getting out and moving across the land so that's the the setting that's the scope of what we're talking about and so some of these believers end up heading north and they come up into Antioch so reading verse 19 send then so then those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen made their way to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch speaking the word to no one except to the Jews alone and that's all they knew and Mm -hmm. that's what they were doing but there were some of them are you a sum of one of them Today, please be that. There were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the Greeks just means Gentiles, was everybody. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. The news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem. And so they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. And we're going to break this all down in a few minutes. Then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. And he left for Tarshish to look for Saul, who soon we know him as Paul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch, and for an entire year they met with the church and taught considerable numbers and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Now, at this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them was named Agabus, and he stood up and began to indicate by the Spirit that there would certainly be a great famine all over the world, and that took place in the reign of Claudius in the Roman Empire. And in the proportion that any of the disciples had means, each of them determined to send a contribution for the relief of the brethren living in Judea, They did this and they sent it in charge of Barnabas and Saul to the elders. So let's open that up.
1: Well, what we want to take a look at is like what each of the fivefold ministries were engaged with in this whole project um, as this was happening. So let's start with the apostles. Well, do you not want to start with the apostles? No,
0: we're going to talk with the marketplace because that's okay, what took you can place start there. when they were scat, they were beginning to be scattered. They were, just, they were believers. We call the marketplace, you know, leaders or, or believers. They went into the marketplace. They didn't really have uh, any schooling other than that, man, they were on fire for God and um, they were being persecuted for that faith. And so they went up into this region and started telling people about Jesus. And then some of them started reaching out to the Gentiles that were there in Antioch
1: and essentially many of these were evangelists, Evangelists. they had a heart to spread the good news or the gospel of Christ. And so they did that out on the streets, wherever they went, they were evangelizing people.
0: Evangelizing. And that's where it begins, right? In that way. Um, Not the fivefold evangelists, that's going to happen later, but uh, they were evangelizing and doing that, which is part of evangelism, being an evangelist, but they themselves just as believers and every one of us ought to move as evangelists, really. And so they started this ball rolling and things began to happen there.
1: And so then what was happening? I am going to put the apostles in here because see, apostles now yeah. uh, of a region of a nation, you know, whatever your scope is, maybe it's just of, you know, your local church. But apostles need to have their ear to the ground. So they did. The apostles got word of what was going on mm-hmm. in Antioch. They, that tells me they were paying attention because peop, the believers had been scattered because of the persecution that was coming, as we'd said. And so the apostles, though, they wanted to keep kind of their finger on what was going on, not to control it, but to facilitate what God wanted to do. And so they they had their ear to the ground. They figured out what was going on. I mean, here they have to figure out how can we mesh this. Now we've got Gentiles coming into what about our traditional rites, uh, the practices that we do. How's that going to look different? How can we mesh that honor God in all of this? So they they had to figure out all of this stuff, as well as saying, okay, this is happening. Now we need to activate some different gifts, some different anointings in the body to allow this, what's happening in Antioch, to continue to grow.
0: Yes, and this is why the church um, grew in strength and power in the midst of persecution, was because they were built on a fivefold fold model. Um, this was the way that Jesus laid it down. This is the way the disciples understood it. And we've moved away from that, and I don't want to get it. That's a whole other discussion about how, why the the church now, in in general terms, um has stepped away from that, but it's being restored. And um, those that don't believe in apostles, and prophets, the sensations, since uh, sent sen- not sensationists, the cessationists, the ones that want it to stop, don't believe it's for now. Well, they're going to have the results for getting now. But God is moving through those that um, recognize this, and so we see the importance of this moving together. This integration of fivefold, and so they began to send. Um, they picked a guy. The Bible tells us by the name Barnabas.
1: So the apostles did this. Mm-hmm. They had the authority. To send to a point.
0: And that's part of what the apostles do is send and and, and say, hey, because they have to understand strategy and um, see the vision of what needs to take place. Because at the end of the day, the apostle is um, answerable um, to the Lord for the things, whether or not they recognize something or acted on it. So whether someone believes in you or not, and you're an apostle, you're still going to stand before the Lord one way or another. and. We were judged for our actions. So let it be a good judgment. And so they sent Barnabas up there.
1: So let's talk about Barnabas yeah, let's for talk a minute. About him. Um, Barnabas is, what does his name mean? Doesn't it mean like a merc?
0: Encourager. Encourager. Or, encourager
1: isn't it? Um, oh, gee, you you guys are all going to have to correct us on this one, but I thought it was, uh, thought it was like son of consolation son of or mercy. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Anyway, Barnabas yeah, had right. this kind of heart. He, um, uh, that wasn't in our notes by the way. So You know, feel free to correct us if we're wrong or look it up for yourself. But regardless of what his name means, Barnabas had a heart that was caring for people. I mean, Barnabas took the people nobody else wanted who wanted to work with Paul Honestly, this was a scary guy who had been persecuting Christians and yet Barnabas was willing, and I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, take him under his wing. Barnabas was encouraging in that passage that Matt read, you see that he came in and he encouraged the body and he began to speak life to them. And as a result... It was bringing stability to the new believers,
0: and he was full of the Holy Spirit and faith.
1: Oh, that's that's super important. Um, no matter you want what results you need,
0: to. the power of the Holy Spirit. So
1: yes, and the church was able to continue growing. You can see there because of the pastoral work, essentially, that Barnabas was engaging in.
0: Mm-hmm. He was very. Um, he was very much a pastor, evangelist, wasn't he? And, and so we see his pastoral of mercy and care. And he obviously employed teaching to that, but he came in in that pastoral and the people started, it started uniting them together, uh, common cause. Uh, they felt like a family. They're coming in from everywhere and the, and the spirit of the Lord is moving a, w- among them. And so it was getting like awesome up there.
1: And then I, I love what it says. It's like so, Barnabas went to find Paul. Yeah. Well, it, Gasol, um, he was in the, in the transition still. Uh He He was was still, he was still growing. He was still emerging in his leadership. He did have an apostolic call, but he was just growing and emerging in this. Paul also was very teacher. Um, he was apostolic teacher. Mm -hmm. And obviously you can see that through the epistles. If, if, you've read through the epistles you can it's very obvious to see what's on paul's life and so barnabas recognized this too and Mm -hmm. even though paul was younger barnabas i think i think his purpose and uh, you know i'm assuming here but i think his purpose was twofold number one because he recognized the need for teaching and discipleship
0: teachers in this area now evangelism and pastoralism that's
1: right and he recognized Uh that call and that anointing on paul's life secondly he saw the potential in Paul and knew that this is the man it's his time and I'm going to bring him alongside of me and I'm going to take him under my wing and I'm going to mentor him and I believe that was taking place during this as now well. you're talking
0: about a man who was well-versed Paul was well-versed in the Jewish uh things he was no he was, oh yeah he was no dummy he was highly educated mm-hmm. and uh but the things of the spirit and the things he wanted to learn, he just, you know, he walked with Barnabas during this time and he just grew mightily in that. He, he was even then, you know, three years in the wilderness learning as well, whatever. We're not sure where that was and what happened during that time, but he came back totally different, didn't he? So at yeah. this time, he bring him back, right? So
1: he's launching now into his ministry.
0: So they're coming back and... Um, they started teaching, and then this is where the Bible puts in this. Well, they're known as Christians, was the first term, or it means Christ like ones, Christ ones. And so something was beginning to happen then properly. It wasn't about getting more crowds, it was about building them. And suddenly people were noticing this difference of, whoa, what is happening? And the Christianity just started taking off. Now we get another integration of the fivefold happening Jerusalem, right? happens again and they begin to send up some prophets
1: oh why did they do that
0: prophets breathe the breath of life they speak um vision encouragement and and um, that type of thing keep things stirred up in the spirit so that things don't get tied down so sometimes in our teaching and our growing as we're learning the word and learning things sometimes we forget the spirit because we engage in it mentally and we got to understand that teaching really is an impartation into our spirit and then our brain catches up to it. And so the prophets come to keep that stirred up so that we don't get so blinded either.
1: I love that. And, you know, in, in this particular example um, that the Bible tells us, I mean, there was a lot of prophetic word flowing in here, but they share one specific prophetic message yeah. in, in this passage of scripture that you read from Agabus, who was a prophet who came. And what he did was he started to bring direction for outflow. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I like that because... You know, a lot of times we can we can be discipled. We can get a lot of knowledge, a lot of information, all this kind of stuff that's going. But now what do we do with that? And so the prophetic voice can come in and speak, whether it's a personal prophetic word, a corporate prophetic word, to bring some direction for outflow. It's like, you know, building some riverbanks for that flow to to start to pour out. And his specific example here, it was um, there, there was going to be the famine It was the famine, right? Yeah. And some things that were going to happen. So just giving that direction so that the believers could get on board to meet the needs that were going to come and to keep that
0: life flowing. Agabus has been mentioned a few times in Scripture. Uh, He was mentioned in the time when the uh, prophetic person had four prophetic daughters in the church, and Agabus came down. And, And Agabus came down also later on in Scripture in Paul's life to tell him that he's going to go to Rome and be bound. So mm-hmm. you see Agabus is a key person, but this is the first time I believe that he's mentioned and he's coming in, bringing this, this word. So, so far we got uh, evangelism working. We've got pastoral coming in right away. Teachers coming in. Prophets showing up all under the direction of the apostles, um, making sure that that's coordinated. So we see that working in the integration of five fold right here on a targeted area. Oh man, that's just powerful when that works.
1: It is. And, you know, within a couple of chapters, we've got, and yeah, let me just read yeah, the first verse of Acts 13, um, where it says, now there were at an Antioch in the church that was there. Okay. So the, the church has been established. established. This is what's happening. Now there are prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And so, all of these are, are coming together. It's like a gathering place or a, um, uh, a Petri dish that's incubating the, the birth of these these gifts and these ministries. Some are coming in, but I believe also some were being raised up sure. oh, yeah. in that area. And, and it says, while they were ministering in verse two to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said... Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called them. Then when they fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. So the now Ghost. it's like coming full circle what God was doing and sending people there to build, to, yeah, to bring, bring to. life yeah. and all of that. Now they're taking a piece of them and sending it out again. Right. And why? So that this can continue. Because we see that Paul and Barnabas, as they went on their, that, that was their first missionary journey. And as they started to go forth, uh, that this was being reproduced across the known world. They were building churches. They were now raising up Timothy's and
0: so there was no, there was no at least scriptures not recorded about it. There's no jealousies, insecurities, threatenings. Everybody valued what each one brought to the table. And I believe when you have mature and he, and see Paul Saul because later on when he mm-hmm. on, on, on in scripture when he faced a, a witch then that his name was changed to Paul and never went back to Saul. So he's emerging, but he was still were with a Barnabas, and there was not attention at that time, and they were still together. So he was still under that. They they were not all threatened and insecure and jealous of one another. They value what each one carried. And so the church that was established at Antioch became an uh, apostolic center. Not It was a different model. Everything shifted at this time from the Jerusalem church, Jews only, yeah, because of the persecution. And now we have a center, like you just said, where they're raised up and some are being sent out from that place. And it was a model for every place to be there after elders were set into cities. We saw, we see the uh, Timothy then raising up and becoming an apostle and going around the churches of that whole region up there later on. So all this begins to happen right here. This was a pivotal point in church history. And I believe we're coming back to it uh, even more strongly. And you know what? I'm I'm not out to convince the ones who cannot be convinced. They're steeped in their religion, and they're going to do church, and they're going to do things their way. I'm not here to upset their boat. We're here to speak into those that are saying, hey, there is a way that the Spirit is speaking right now for the church that we are entering into in this season, in this time, we have matured, we have coming into this place. And how is it, how do we work together? And so instead of us all trying to, to, to outshine another, we begin to value one another and work together in a strategic, biblical ordered way. And we'll see the results that we've been desiring. So.
1: Most definitely. I mean, I, oh. gone are the days of, well, the days should have never come. Let's put it that no, way. Of right. lone rangers, of being an island unto yourself out there trying to do the work of the ministry. Yep. It's, you know, you're, you're beating your head against the wall sometimes with minimal results. But when we work together in collaboration to see God's kingdom come, and that means, you know, putting aside territorialism. Mm-hmm. And, and just not letting that play a part and keeping you from bringing in the people. If you're a pastor or have a local center from bringing in the people who need to be brought in and, you know, just, just allowing that collaboration so that the church can grow. And that was key. You read in these verses that the church was able to continue growing immensely because of the collaboration of the fivefold ministries and what God was doing.
0: So in my last trip, when I went to Ghana and had the experience of working, you know, arms linked with an evangelist, but we also had pastors and, and others that were there working together and prophetic people working together for a common cause. And I know it was short term, but it was a taste of, and I'm telling you, the, the anointings that were released because each one of us honored each other was so compounded and heightened, it was crazy, it was unbelievable. You know, it's great getting together with a bunch of apostles if you're apostle, a bunch of prophets if you're prophetic prophets, you know, that's awesome and has its place. But man, when you mix them up and you get a good diversity of each one of the five fold on a particular focus, the anointing is unbelievable, the compounding. And so that anointing equals results to me. So what is this for you listeners out there today? Well, it depends where you're at. If you're in a place of leadership, may, may you look for other giftings to complement you in other people's lives. Um, you can't, you don't have to do it all by yourself. And, um, especially talking to pastors. Um, uh, uh, but I know apostles too try to do it all. Themselves. You cannot do it all yourself. You can get the results that you're desiring. And so be open to the Holy Spirit today and see your connections and your networks what God has put together in relationship and put time into the proper relationships to build the kingdom of God. So, thank you for listening. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe to this. Share this on any of your social medias. That would be awesome. Um, We are growing and the podcast is reaching a farther audience and we thank you for that. And we know the Lord's taking this message to the body of Christ. And so, as I encourage you, Look for the fivefold and live beyond.